to Hear These Words, a podcast from Good Shepherd Episcopal Church in Tequesta, Florida. I'm David Dixon, the Director of Youth and Family Ministries here at Good Shepherd. I'm Derek Larson, Associate Rector. And we are joined today by Marilyn Lawrence, a parishioner here at Good Shepherd, as well as the Chair of our Outreach and Mission Committee and Director of our Food Pantry. Hello there. Hi. Hi. Good to see you, Marilyn. Each week on the podcast, uh, we discuss the passages of Scripture assigned to the upcoming Sunday. And this week is the 21st Sunday after the Pentecost, October 30th, 2022. And the words we hear are from Isaiah chapter 1, verses 10 through 18. Psalm chapter 32, verses 1 through 8. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 through 4 and verses 11 and 12. And then the gospel is from Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Wow, so how are you doing, Marilyn? I'm doing just fine, thank you. It's great that you're with us today. It's my pleasure, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Well, tell us a little bit about what you do around this place. Well, uh, at this point, a lot of the focus is on the food pantry, but I basically am focused on on all of our outreach ministries. Right. And that includes Haiti, it includes St. George's Mission, Mm-hmm. It includes Warfield School out in Indian Town. Oh, we, yeah. we we have people who are working in many different areas, and it's part of what we are as a church. Right. We we reach out to the community. That's that's yeah. amazing. And the food pantry is a big part of that. Um, that's yeah. a weekly program here at the church. How many people come through usually? Uh, yesterday we had sixty families. Right. And we always ask how many in the family, so we know we need to give them extra. Mm -hmm. And we figure about 200 people each week. That is amazing. That's wonderful. How long have you been doing that now? Uh, We've had an emergency pantry here for years. Mm -hmm. But just since COVID started, we've seen this enormous uptick. Mm -hmm. We went from... You know, maybe an occasional homeless person would show up or someone who was in need. And we were seeing maybe 15, 20 20 people a month. A month. And now we're feeding 60 families a week. Mm. Wow. And the the support of the congregation and the community has been phenomenal. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. It is. How long have you been at Good Shepherd? Uh, <clears throat> I think about eight, nine years now. Eight or nine years, yeah. Yeah. Nice. What's your favorite ice cream? Coffee chocolate chip. Oh, <laughs> nice. Chip. I did not expect that. <laughs> I figured you for like a, a I don't know, <clears throat> butter pecan <laughs> person. No. <Nope. laughs> that is cool. Love awesome. It. Love it. All right, let's get started. Jump into our uh, Hebrew text, uh, which is from the prophet Isaiah and the writings that are there. Um, This is uh, it's pretty lengthy, eight verses long, and over half of it is just really, uh, you know, basically 
<laughs> the Lord mm-hmm. saying, I've had enough. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's it's a tough reading, but it at the end, it comes back it around. It comes back right? around. So it makes it a little bit more... Um, accessible inclusive that it comes back around at, right. at the end but but god is obviously upset here and and uh and it says you rulers of sodom you people of gomorrah he's not actually talking to sodom and gomorrah right. he's he's uh name calling yeah really he's talking <laughs> about israel and saying do you remember how inhospitable and right. how sinful um they were in sodom and gomorrah and the city was destroyed yep. well you know that's what the, that's the way you're acting right now. Mm-hmm. But what I love about this is towards the end, um, where he has this line. Uh, God says, "Come now, right. let us argue it out." Yeah, says the mm-hmm. Lord. And and it, to me, this passage is upset as God is. He wants Israel to be in relationship. Yeah. He wants Israel to be engaged in this. And and it, it maybe it's a silly example, but it reminds me of a married couple. Um, uh, uh, it's never good to argue when you're a married couple, but mm-hmm. sometimes arguing is better than staying silent, right. right? Sometimes it's better to get get it out rather than just being completely passive and non-responsive right. and not engaged in right. what someone is saying. And I feel like that's what God is saying here, that God is pouring out God's hearts to the people of Israel and saying, I'm angry i'm frustrated and i just want you to respond Mm. to what i'm feeling i want you to respond and and come back around and be in relationship with me Um, and when you do that you know your sins are like scarlet now but they will be like snow they're red like crimson now but they will be Mm -hmm. like wool that that we can we can make this better but i need you to at least argue with me right i need you Mm -hmm. to at least be in relationship with me and it and it points back to our scripture from last week was it last week or the week before about jacob oh, yeah, re- yeah. wrestling right with with an angel or with god or that with an unknown person right yeah. and here god again is inviting israel the the name the the people that are named after wrestling with god mm. to argue right to to be in that kind of tense relationship uh, just for the sake that a relationship is there Right. And engagement is there. Yeah. Yeah, the relationship is key. Right. I mean, don't put on a show. Don't just come to church because it's the thing to do. <laughs> exactly. Don't give money because you have it and it's extra and, you know, it looks good on your resume or something. You get the tax benefit. <laughs> do it because do it out of love. Right. Right. And, yeah. And do it out of understanding. And when you come to that point, then we can talk. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when I read this, I kind of, I ask what, you know, what is the motive behind why we do what we do, right? What is, what is pushing us to do it? And I think part of that can be read into this passage as well. And also, I think all of the texts in some way or another point to a turning around, Mm -hmm. right? Or... You know, in uh, uh, fundamentalist uh, circles, repentance is turning away from something, mm-hmm. right? But I really think a better way of understanding it is turning toward something. Yeah. And I think that's the challenge mm-hmm. with a lot of the texts that we're going to read today is 
it's not so much about turning away from something yeah. as much as it is as turning toward mm-hmm. something. And he goes on and he says, cease to do evil, learn to do good, turn toward these things, mm-hmm. right? Seek justice, rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, plead mm-hmm. for the widow. He gives you very uh, kind of concrete mm-hmm. acts to perform, things to do, to turn toward. Mm-hmm. And by turning toward this, you cease from the other, mm-hmm. right? Um, a lot of times I think we tend to put the onus in terms of uh, the work of God on our shoulders that we initiate it. We don't initiate it. It comes from God. God first loved us and then we follow after that. Mm-hmm. God draws us and we follow after that. God calls us and we respond to that. So I think there's this plea as you were talking about relationship, talk with me come into uh, a relationship mm-hmm. here and then we respond to yeah. to the mm-hmm. work of God and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Cool. That's good. Mm-hmm. All right. Then we're going to move on down to our psalm. And again, this psalm is kind of talking about transgression and forgiveness and guilt mm-hmm. and all of that stuff uh, that we kind of read about in Isaiah as well. So what do y'all think? Well, I particularly like this psalm mm-hmm. because I acknowledge my sin, and then wait, I can I can move forward. Right. You know, I take the words, "Your hand was heavy upon me," and then you reach the point where I will guide you with my eye, mm. and it it takes me back to when I had horses, mm. and when you first start riding, you use your hands a lot. You use your hands on the reins. You guide right. with your hands. Your hands are heavy yeah. on the horse. Yeah. And as you become a team, mm-hmm. you don't have to do anything. You just sort of look. You don't even have to turn your head. You look, and it shifts your weight a little bit, and right. your horse responds, and you guide with your eye. Right. And that's the kind of relationship huh. that I think God nice. is seeking with us. Right. I like that. That's a yeah. cool, cool way of looking at that for sure. <laughs> that is really cool. Yeah. I hadn't thought of it that way. That that line did stick out to me mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, verse four: For your hand was heavy upon me day and night. This mm-hmm. passage we just read from Isaiah mm-hmm. it feels like <laughs> right. God mm-hmm. is very heavy-handed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, at the very end, in uh, verse eight, you are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble, and you surround me with shouts of deliverance. So as 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 I was reading this passage, I was kind of wondering. What is the difference then between God's presence feeling like it's a hand heavy upon us and God's Mm -hmm. presence being uh, something that comforts us and surrounds Mm -hmm. us? And again, I'm thinking about an example of a home relationship of of family, of parents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you're like, Dad, get off my back. Right. And other times you're like, "Uh, Dad, I'm scared. Can Can you protect me? Can you be with me? And I think that that's an apt relation, uh, analogy for, for sure. our relationship with God. That, yes, it is challenging to be a child of God. Mm-hmm. It is challenging to be a Christian. It is challenging to take up our cross and, and do the things that God is calling us to do. It's hard to step out of our comfort zone um, and do those things. Right. And so it feels like at times God's hand is heavy upon us and just, you know, always pushing us uh, sometimes more than we want to be pushed. Um, but that hand is also the hand that embraces us right. and that comforts us mm-hmm. 
pats our back when, when we're really having a hard time. Um, and there's a very fine line between those two things. Mm -hmm. It's the same mm -hmm. hand that, right. that comforts and that pushes us, not abuses us, but right. pushes us, stretches us, mm -hmm. challenges us to continue to grow mm -hmm. and, and be the people that God really intends us to be. And yeah. we grow into a new comfort zone. We do, exactly. Yeah. 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 Right, I like that. And the hand of God, that is an interesting, uh, uh, I guess, theme to consider throughout scripture, right? The hand of God yeah. and what happens when God touches a thing or uh, does something by his hand. Of course, in Genesis, God speaks and things are created, but to form, mm -hmm. he had to touch, mm -hmm. right? So when God's hand touches us, he's forming us, right. shaping us mm -hmm. into something. I really, in the Psalm, was drawn to uh, down the part at, at verse six where it says, I will confess my transgressions uh, to the Lord. Um, there's something powerful about confession. And I know we have a right of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. I don't know that it's utilized as often and as much perhaps as it could be. Right. Um, but there's something very powerful about confessing your fault or your transgression and then hearing the absolution mm -hmm. of your sin is forgiven. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's something very powerful. There. Well, you have to own it yourself. You have to own first. it. Yeah, exactly. And one way of owning it is saying, "I did." I this. did it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Speaking it aloud. Yeah. Speaking it aloud. Mm -hmm. You know, in a safe place. Person. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. And it reminded me somewhat of Martin Luther made a distinction um, in a theology of glory and a theology of the cross. And he um, suggested that a theology of the cross, not suggested, he said a theology of the cross is a theology that calls a thing what it is. It doesn't make excuses. It just says, this is what it is. It says, evil is evil, good is good. Uh, there's not a mixture between the two. And I think part of what we're reading in this is just coming to that place of owning Look, we've done some stupid stuff, mm. <laughs> right? I mean, Isaiah said, you have blood on your hands. But then God turns around and he says, argue with me. Let's reason it out. Even if you have blood on your hands, yeah. I can turn your life around. I can change things. And so I, I really do think that there is something there about us calling things what they are so that we can uh, be facilitators mm -hmm. of change, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Our epistle lesson. Second Thessalonians. It's a rather short kind of reading, but um, what do y'all think about this? Finally, somebody got it right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, the right. first two are like, oh, every, everything's wrong. I'm frustrated. It's sin. And then here we have grace and peace to you. Right. We are always giving thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters, right. because your faith is growing abundantly. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of a flesh there. Yeah. Well, this is this is um, Paul's second letter to the Thessalonians, the Christians in Thessalonica, and uh, it's the beginning of the letter, as you can see. So he signs at the beginning. This is from Paul and Silvanus mm -hmm. and Timothy. And who is it? It's to the church of the Thessalonians in right. God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So we just worked our way through uh, Paul's two letters to Timothy 
And now uh, today we're starting up with Second Thessalonians. Mm -hmm. We won't stay here too much longer because next week is All Saints Sunday. And so our readings are also uh, all pointing towards that. But we do pick it up um, at least once more before Advent begins in just a few weeks. Um, But it is a very positive, encouraging passage here mm-hmm. uh, that the Thess- Thessalonians are doing something right and Paul is writing to encourage them and to also give them some instructions about some things that they are wrestling with mm-hmm. um, the the line that that strikes me the most in this passage is um, is towards the very end um, you know it says we're always praying for you mm-hmm. um, that God will make you worthy of the call that God has on your life and then it says, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, uh-huh. according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And that very short phrase, those four words, and you in him, right. I found to be really surprising. Uh-huh. We, we expect that the name of the Lord Jesus will be glorified. It's Jesus. Right. Right. And, and glorified in you. Um, but then it says, and you in him. Mm-hmm. And so the p- part of Jesus's work is not just being glorified, but I say this all the time. The story of Jesus is also our own story. Mm-hmm. So when, when Jesus suffers, we see our own suffering. When Jesus dies, we see our own death. When Jesus rises to life again, we see our own resurrection. And so here, Jesus is not only being glorified right. in us, but we are we being glorified right. in Jesus, that, that our stories are, are coming together. Um, this isn't just about, I preached this on Sunday, it's not just about being small little people full of shame, woe is mm-hmm. me, but God is great. Mm-hmm. It, instead, it's saying God is great, and because God is great, I am becoming right. more and more great. I right. am becoming uh, great. I am great. Um, because our own destiny, our own identity is completely wrapped up in what Jesus has done and is doing Mm -hmm. for us. So I love those four words and how, you know, uh, Jesus may be glorified in you and you Mm -hmm. in him. Right. Becoming what God intended us to be. Right, right. Which won't be completed till it's all over, but, you know, we work at it. Right, Right. exactly, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, all things find their sum in Christ, right? Mm-hmm. All things are summed up in Christ. And I like that. Uh, Paul uses this word, this Greek word, mysterion. He talks about mystery all the time. And um, he says, we fellowship with a mystery. And then he says, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. And he also says, there is a mystery, a sacred secret that's been hidden from ages and generations, but is now being made manifest to us. And it is this, Christ in and among all of you, Mm -hmm. the hope of glory. Mm -hmm. If Christ in us is the hope of glory, what is it when we are in Christ, Mm -hmm. but the glory, Mm -hmm. right? It's being in Christed, E-N Christed. Um, Having not just Christ on the inside. We used to sing a song in a church I grew up in called Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, right. what a change in my life. Yep. It's not just Jesus on the inside. Mm-hmm. It's Jesus on the outside, mm-hmm. right? It's Jesus in me and on me and around me. And I think that's uh, really sort some of what's what happening here. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, the gospel, Luke, we're coming to the end of Luke here. 
And uh, yeah, what do you think about Luke in general? What do you think about his gospel? Well, uh, Luke's my favorite gospel. Is it? <laughs> but I will say different seasons of my life. Um, have, you know, Matthew was my favorite ones. Mm -hmm. John was my favorite ones. John was my least favorite ones. Yeah. Um, uh, but Luke, I love Luke's attention to messiness. Right, right. Luke, Luke really points out that God, God's presence comes into the messy places of life and the... Um, and the marginalized yes. places of life. Yeah, so. that's true. Yeah. yeah. And what about this particular passage here? Of course, we sang the song in Sunday school growing up, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus <laughs> was a wee little man. <laughs> Do you know that song? No, we, no, wee little man was he. <laughs> yeah, that's he right. climbed up in the sycamore tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, the gospel really brings it all together. Right. I mean, this is one of those times when all the readings Kinda really fit well. Can work yeah. together. But in this case, this this is showing somebody who has been on the mm. wrong side. Mm -hmm. The the kind of person that Isaiah was talking mm -hmm. about or something. Yeah. And then get owns what he did. Right. I made this mistake. This is what I'm going to do about it. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's an example of how it works, mm -hmm. how it's supposed to work for all of us. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, we're going to sing a song about this, aren't we? No. Oh, we're not doing <laughs> that. No, we're not. We're, the praise ensemble did not get that one down in time, so that's right. unfortunate. That's right. Well, there is a song about this that I love, and I'm, I had asked if we could do it, but right. if we can't do it, we can't do it. But it's interesting. It uses this word that has become really controversial um, in today's political debate. But the word is reparations. Mm -hmm. um, and, and what Zacchaeus is doing here is um, offering reparations sure. for what he has done mm -hmm. wrong. Uh, and we don't have to talk about the uh, political implications or the political ramifications of that. Like, what, how does that apply to our political sure. life? But I, but the the word uh, reparations is is a word um, that I think has a history in in scripture and and in theology, mm -hmm. and it's this idea that you know we we are we are a community of people um, that believe in repentance and forgiveness, mm -hmm. right? Um, but there's a third part to that that mm -hmm. is so important, and that's making amends for the wrong mm -hmm. that we've done. And that's what reparations <clears throat> is, right. um, is, is um, setting things right. You know, mm -hmm. uh, my actions have had an impact in the world in some way, and I want to um, make it right. Yeah. So, that, mm -hmm. so that those that have been harmed by my actions or our actions as a community... Um, can can come to fruition, right? Mm -hmm. So that's sort of a story here, is that Zacchaeus was a tax collector. He was probably making all of his wealth from from ripping people off. And so his repentance is important. Mm -hmm. Jesus' forgiveness is important. But also, like you said mm -hmm. in this passage, there's an important part is that he's owning it mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. making amends yeah. for it. It's mm -hmm. always important to take responsibility <clears throat> for um, for the things that yeah. we've done. Yeah, owning your mistake and asking forgiveness is the starting point. Yeah. From then on, what are you going to do about it? Right, right. Mm -hmm. And that's the hard part. Yeah. You know, that's a really, and, and it's so inspiring to, 
to hear about the stories of like the truth and reconciliation projects in South mm -hmm. Africa and other right. places in the world. Um, we have a habit of wanting to to say we're sorry and then sweep it under the rug. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I, even as a kid, I remember that you know you do something wrong to your brother. And, you're just like, and and they're upset about it or something. Right. And you're like, well, I said I'm sorry. Right. So it's fine. Right. It's fine. Right. Well, yeah. no, this is a process yeah. of, of taking responsibility mm -hmm. for the things. It is. And I think that that has been lacking in a, in a huge way when we talk about restoration and repentance and reconciliation. I like the word repair. And by no means am I saying this is the etymology of the word. But if you break it down, re- Pair, to be able to put together again, mm -hmm. to pair mm -hmm. up again. Mm -hmm. There's a breach between us. And just saying, I'm sorry, isn't going to fill in that mm -hmm. breach and make me paired up with you again. Right. There has to be something very deep and yeah. something very tangible to repair the relationship mm -hmm. that is there. And it's not just talking about relationship, but it is talking about physical, material things, right? right? Yeah. Not just some you know hypothetical or, or mm -hmm. whatnot um what i also like and i'm not going to say much about zacchaeus uh zacchaeus what i will say is sometimes in order to see jesus you have to get a little higher <laughs> <laughs> you have to be willing to climb up you have to be willing to be intentional that i want to see jesus but not only do i want to see jesus i want to see the way jesus sees you mm -hmm. have to seek yes yeah. you do absolutely yeah. and, and there's that line um that strikes me he was trying to see who jesus was right and i and i hope I that in that way we're all a trying little to bit see. more like zacchaeus exactly i love it well i think that's all we have time for today <laughs> and uh if you enjoyed uh this podcast uh, be sure to subscribe uh, so that you'll never miss an episode and be sure to share with your friends and family. You can also give us a rating and leave us uh, a review uh, so that we can kind of see how we're doing and what may be uh, the uh, public opinion of what we have to say. We're not afraid of that. Uh, we welcome it. And we thank you for joining us today uh, for this discussion. We thank Marilyn Lawrence for being with us today. It was Thank great you. having you and hearing your voice. Thank you. And uh, we hope that the discussion today has helped you become better prepared for worship this coming Sunday. And as we hear these words, until next time, uh, see you later.